Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. For 13 years, pop star Britney Spears has been under a conservatorship that controls her finances, her estate, and many of her life decisions. On Wednesday, Spears testified about the damage done to her and said she wants out of the arrangement, which has prevented her from having children and forced her to take medication, see therapists she doesn't want to see, and perform against her will. She said, quote, it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes, make a living for so many people and pay so many people, trucks and buses on tour, on the road with me, and be told I'm not good enough. Joining me is Liz Day, senior story editor with The New York Times and co-creator of the documentary Framing Britney Spears. Liz Day, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Also with us is Jasmine Harris, a law professor currently at UC Davis School of Law. She'll be joining the University of Pennsylvania Law School faculty in July and is a disability rights expert. Jasmine Harris, really glad to have you as well. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Liz Day, I, I'm going to start with you. Can you just talk about the significance of hearing directly from Britney Spears on Wednesday about how she sees the conservatorship? So it was absolutely huge that Britney spoke. She has rarely appeared in court over the last 13 years and never before had spoken publicly about the conservatorship and how she felt about it. And, you know, she gave an extremely defiant, passionate speech for 20 plus minutes with really wrenching lines like, I just want my life back. I shouldn't be in a conservatorship if I can work and make money for all of these people. It makes no sense. I deserve to have the same rights as anyone else. So I think, you know, everyone in that courtroom and everyone who was listening were just really taken aback by the power of what she had to say. And what were some of the details that really struck you the most, Liz Day? Well, there were uh, very disturbing details about uh, what she claims is she felt forced to perform. She felt forced into a mental health facility. She felt forced to take medication against her will. She told a story about, you know, that she wanted to have children and she felt she was not allowed by her team because um, she had an, an IUD, a form of birth control in and was not allowed to take it out, she said. Um, so I think, you know, she painted a very disturbing picture. And then on top of that, for me, the most shocking thing she said was that she did not know that she could file to end the conservatorship. Mm -hmm. So this arrangement has been in place for 13 years. And she said she, 
she didn't know she could file to end it, which raises so many more questions about, you know, her representation and, and what's been going on. And then one last thing I would say that she also said that I found incredibly um, interesting was she said she had never spoken up before about the conservatorship and how she really felt because she didn't feel she'd be believed. Mm. I want to take those last few points and talk with Jasmine Harris about it, but also remind our listeners that if you have questions about what happened this week with regard to Britney Spears and also just conservatorship in California, you can call us at 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. Email us, forum at kqed.org, or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. So a few of those things, Jasmine Harris, I mean, one of the ones about the IUD and not being allowed to control her body or her reproductive um, choices, that was something that really struck a chord with a lot of people. Beth writes, for example, have never followed Britney Spears, but reading of her case in the New York Times and listening to her comments in court, my concerns are, isn't she basically being trafficked? Can a conservatorship include controlling a person's reproductive rights? Could you start there, Jasmine Harris? Is that legal? So I want to start by saying the control over a person's body, that in and of itself has limitations. And so what we're seeing with Britney Spears here is we're seeing that the control over her body has come from this very broad conservatorship, this power over her, but it does come with limits. It's basically as if she is constructively being sterilized. She has said in open court in no uncertain terms, I want to have a family, I want to have children. And that is protected in various cases that the Supreme Court has heard. Uh, and so we, we should remember that this is a fundamental right. Uh, so I think that there is always going to be that balance between control to make medical decisions and that are broader and control over someone who is saying very clearly and, and arguably has the capacity to control the decisions about her own body and family and procreation and reproductive justice. Well, there's that other piece of this that Liz Day pointed out about how she didn't even know she could petition to end it. What was your reaction to that? I, like Liz, was quite troubled to hear that given the fact that she's been in this conservatorship for so long, and given the fact that she has tried to speak up at various moments, we know from Brittany's testimony this week that she, a few years ago, during a status hearing, had four sheets of paper similar to the testimony that she gave during this hearing. And so the notion that she didn't understand her legal rights this raises some questions in terms of the representation that she's getting. And we know in her case that there have been questions about can she hire a separate lawyer? We had some, uh, some, muddy, some muddy testimony about you know, whether she could hire her lawyer and whether she did, in fact, um, want her current lawyer as her attorney. Yeah. Um, let me go to caller Adam in San Francisco. Hi, Adam. Join us. Hi. Um, you know, she was put under conservatorship for a reason. The court thought she was a danger to herself and other people. And, you know, being made to take antidepressants, particularly lithium, which is a relatively strong drug, um, 
what if he decides, well, my father made me take lithium. I'm going to get off of it. Well, then that puts her in danger. It puts her kids in danger. And yeah, maybe she starts, she has another kid with another backup dancer who sucks her finances dry. Kevin Fairline is set for life now. But those are, okay, so thanks, Adam. A couple things that I want to point out from what Adam is saying that it's reminding me of Liz Day. One is, is that, do we have any idea why she was put under conservatorship in the beginning? I mean, we have the public, uh, the media coverage of it, but as you showed us in your documentary, you know, there's only so much that you can take from that. Uh, so, so A, are we any closer to understanding based on your reporting and research for your documentary in terms of why 13 years ago the court approved that conservatorship? And two, while someone may make mistakes, for example, are those, you know, reasons to maintain one? So um, to clear the record, we, you know, uh, many of the documents in this case are sealed. So we don't know what reasons that her father cited in his petition to file for the conservatorship. But I'd like to uh, correct the record in Adam's question, because I think he has a misunderstanding of what conservatorships for are for and what the actual legal standard is. Yeah. So the legal standard in California is that you need to be deemed unfit to provide shelter, food, or clothe yourself, or be able to manage your financial affairs or resist undue influence. So I think that's something I didn't know before starting this project. And um, I think a lot of people don't understand when they speculate, you know, perhaps there's mental health issues or substance issues. Those are not reasons for a conservatorship. The only reason to be put under a conservatorship is if you can, is a functional one, if you cannot, you know, take care of yourself, as I just explained. And then I'd also add that, you know, <laughs> um, perhaps people don't know this, but, you know, again, conservatorships are not for if someone doesn't like who you're marrying and uh, who you're having children with. And that's very interesting if Adam thinks that we should, you know, put people under conservatorships if we don't like who, uh, you know, they were procreating with. And Jasmine Harris, you've described it as a nuclear option because it is something that if someone is placed under conservatorship, there is so much power and control over that person, which also leads me to ask, I mean, what Britney Spears has shown is that she can perform on stage, that she can generate a great deal of money for all the people around her who actually, we should know, have an interest in maintaining uh, the relationship that they have um, over her as well. Uh, and and so she's made clear this week that she does not want this arrangement any longer. What are the chances that we would see a petition um, to end it come from the lawyer that she didn't appoint or that she was forced to have? Yeah. So the chances of a petition coming, the, the nice part of having this proceeding be public is that we're all on notice. We've now heard her words. And so we know what her wishes are. And so if we do not see in the next, let's say the next coming months, we don't see a petition to terminate the conservatorship, 
then we ought to think, well, why is that? Her wishes were clear. And we know that guardianship, as I have said before, is in fact the nuclear option. So I want us to zoom out for a minute from a disability rights perspective. From a disability law, disability rights perspective, conservatorship is a state institution, a state, a state involvement in individual life. And that should be something that is done in only the most extreme circumstances. Disability rights advocates have been fighting for alternatives to guardianship, or in fact, the abolition of guardianship in its current form. And so it's important to realize that Britney Spears is definitely part of something larger, and that she may be the most famous person under conservatorship, but she's certainly not the youngest or the only person who is going through this type of ordeal. So what will you, it tell you if you don't see this petition? We don't see this petition. I would wonder why. And so I would wonder what, what was the conversation that happened after the hearing between the lawyers and with Brittany? She made clear that that's what she wanted. In fact, it seemed that she thought she might even get a ruling. She said she wanted to hear what the judge where the judge was at with respect to her conservatorship. So that seems like an informal uh, petition. She may not have said the words, Your Honor, I'd like to petition, I'd like to move the court and petition to end this conservatorship. But in no uncertain terms, that's what she was saying. So I would really beseech everyone involved here to make this proceeding public. And that seems counterintuitive because Britney's seeking privacy. But the only way that she's really going to get the privacy that she wants is by leaning into the publicity of this, this proceeding because this, like disability rights advocates know, is something privacy has been used against people with disabilities to hide the abuse, to hide under the guise of privacy and medical data. And Britney was open about talking about lithium, being with therapists, and so that did not seem to be the concern. And so I would really ask in the coming days that the public pay attention to and perhaps even ask for these proceedings to be open. We're talking with Jasmine Harris, law professor currently at UC Davis School of Law, soon to be joining the University of Pennsylvania Law School faculty. Liz Day is with us, senior editor, senior story editor with the New York Times and co-creator of the documentary Framing Britney Spears. And you're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Mike writes, seems obvious Britney's legal representation is legally suspect on its face. Does she have legal standing to appoint a fiduciary? Liz Day, I would also love for you to just share what your reporting discovered in terms of just the amount and extent to which she has to pay not only her own attorney, but the attorneys of the people who are fighting against her, the fees for the people who are fighting against her, that she underwrites all of that. Yes. So an interesting quirk about the conservatorship system is that Brittany has to pay for lawyers on both sides. So she's not only paying for her own lawyer, who generally costs around $400,000 a year, but she also has to pay for her father's lawyers, the ones who are actively fighting in court against her wishes. And uh, just one set of her father's lawyers recently submitted a bill for $890,000 for about 
four months of work, which is, you know, works out to about $10,000 a work day. So, um, you know, suffice to say, this is very costly to Brittany. And uh, so it's very interesting to hear that she does not want to be in this system that is costing her, you know, over a million dollars a year for the last 13 years and much more than that recently as like the legal battles really heated up. And does she have the right to appoint a fiduciary, Jasmine Harris? The Jasmine Harris, are you? Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the court has to have reasons to to believe that, that that's necessary. There are some quirks, as Liz was saying, in terms of the procedural protections. Again, this system was constructed to be in the best interest of the ward or the conservatee. And so it doesn't follow our, our sort of logical adversarial system that everyone is used to, where there are these protections in place. And so the question is whether Brittany has in fact uh, um, shown the court that there is enough concern here. And there's an investigator as well who's appointed generally to check in on the status of the conservatorship. And so has the investigator produced any evidence that in fact, Brittany should be entitled to her own lawyer. We know that that has been a previous battle, mm -hmm. but the answer to the question is, it's all a matter of proof. Well, Brenna writes, why are conservatorships so hard to end? Which I guess is the big question here. And, and I do wonder, Jasmine Harris, if it's a function of California law or is that law similar everywhere, guardianships and other places? This is a great question because guardianship or conservatorship, as we call it here in California, is in need of desperate reform. And so advocates have been working for years to change some of these outdated procedural assumptions about the way that this system works and the lack of independence and transparency, all that we're seeing playing out in Britney Spears' case. It's not a quirk in California that it's difficult to get out of conservatorship. It's, it's something that in the disability rights community, people understand that it's in many ways easier for someone to be put under conservatorship and nearly impossible to get out of it, in part because you have to show as an affirmative matter, the legal standard is that you have to show that you have the capacity to make X, Y, and Z decisions. And that's difficult to do. Why? Because this whole system is premised on what is a norm, right? Are you making a quali qualitatively, qualitatively uh, a good decision? Well, who gets to decide what's a good decision and not? So I think that the answer is we are in need of some serious national reform in terms of guardianship and conservatorship, and that California is just the latest example of the need for reform. Well, I want to underscore what I think you were saying earlier to the point that if this could happen to Spears, it could really happen to everyone. But most people will not have a large movement behind them to free them. Well, Jasmine Harris, really appreciate you coming on. Also really appreciate having you on as well, Liz Day, and the documentary that you made. Thanks, listeners, for their questions, comments. Thanks to our producers, Grace One and Caroline Smith, for today's segment. Forum is also produced by Ariana Prail, Blanca Torres, Susan Britton. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin. Our intern is Kimia Akbari, and our acting senior editor is Judy Campbell. I'm Mina Kim. You're listening to Forum. Have a good weekend.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.